You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject I've got coming up for you. His name is Par Sundström and he's from the Swedish outfit Sabaton. He's the bass player and the reason for the conversation is to promote the outfit's new album for 2019. It's a studio affair called The Great War. So let's have a listen to what Par has to say. Here we go. Hello there, this is Pyre. Uh, I'm doing fine. How are you? Yeah, good, mate, good. It's uh, been a busy weekend down here, I can tell you. We just had our federal elections on. Been swimming. Oh. God, you've been doing all sorts of things, mate. You know what life is like. You've probably got kids yourself, and if you do, mate, yeah, there's never a, a dull moment, that's for sure. No, I don't have any kids. My only kid would be the band Sabaton, and, uh, but it doesn't give me a dull moment either. So, <laughs> uh, Especially not now. Uh, we have been uh, on the road for a couple of weeks, and we got a couple of weeks more to yeah. do this uh, promotion for the new album. So uh, I think if I'm doing something like 400 interviews in a row. Oh, God. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, not a dull moment. And the winter was quite busy for the band as well. Uh, we were doing an album, uh, which is uh, quite, quite, quite a lot job in itself, mm. but nothing extreme. I mean, we've done this is our ninth album, so albums we've done in the past, and that's not gonna break us or anything like that. But uh, at the same time, we were doing the album. We were also working with launching the Sabaton History Channel, completely rebuilding yeah. the stage and the show like this. And uh, we changed the concept of the Sabaton Cruise, made it move that to a different thing. And we are also, um, you know, evolving a lot of other things. So Sabaton at the moment is uh, has been extremely busy over the last, uh, uh, since pretty much uh, somewhere around November when, when all, mm. all the stuff started. Since then, I am not uh, had one. I, I did not had a single day off. Hmm. Uh, I did not had few hours off even or whatever. So it's been absolutely intense Jeez, yeah. period of time. And with the music industry the way it is, being very fickle, you've got to take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves and strike while the iron's hot. So you're clearly doing that, mate. But 400 interviews straight—that's. Uh, I'm used to doing these myself. I've done about 400 interviews over two years myself, mate. And I know that some of those weeks when I've got sort of between five and ten on during the week, it can be. You always love talking to people. There's no doubt about that because I'm always talking to legends of the music industry like yourself, mate. But you, you sort of you get to a point, don't you, where you sort of uh, you, the energy levels start to decline so how do you get through it just with some strong peppermint tea or something even stronger <laughs> <laughs> no uh, no actually it's like I mean I'm quite excited you know um, mm. because it, it shows so much uh, imagine a couple of years ago when when we couldn't even feel a week of to, of promotion and now we have and now everybody want to talk so it's it's happy that the band has become this uh, so interesting for for people and uh, also, um, you could think that, um, I mean, a lot, a lot of people, oh, it must be tiring to answer the same questions over and over again, yeah. but it's actually not. Yeah. Sabaton today have so many different legs to stand on. We have so much to talk about. I mean, mm -hmm. I can talk about how, how we made our Sabaton Open Air Festival from a one-day indoor event to the second biggest rock festival in the country. So I'm a promoter and, and uh, also supporting a lot of our young and upcoming bands. Mm. 
That's one thing. We we have launched a Sabaton History Channel, which is pretty much an an educational institution for for heavy metal fans. And uh, we we have now nine albums out. And I can also tell you, I can talk about uh, whatever management or things like that because Sabaton is mm-hmm. self managed, and we have been running this show ourselves for the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. So um, th- there are plenty of different things to talk about, and you know. On top of that, we can also talk about hey, uh, yeah, we are in a we're we're heavy metal guys and a heavy metal band. So um, <laughs> that's an important point that one there, and I think that's what's made you so endearing to fans is because you are music fans yourself. You, you know, there's those famous stories of Chuck Schuldiner back in the day meeting King Diamond in his Merciful Fate T-shirt, and he couldn't understand why there was a fuss o- over him when he was such a big fan of King Diamond, and I, and I get the same vibe from you guys because. I know um, I know people that are quite. I wouldn't say they're close to you, but they're certainly familiar with you, in that they've spent some time around you and stuff. And they've said to me that in private, you're some of the nicest guys that they've ever been around, mate. So it's not an act with you guys. You're deadly serious about it, but at the same time, you're very you're very appreciative from the sounds of things that you've got this career. And also to top it all off, you've remained heavy metal fans. You haven't become jaded with the industry itself. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm happy to hear that. And uh, I think that, um, you know, 20 years of doing this hasn't changed. I mean, me and Joachim have now been a, a team in this band for, for 20 years and, mm. and none of us have changed. Okay, we have learned a lot. We have evolved. We have become sort of uh, smarter and uh, more <laughs> clever, I guess, and uh, these things. But nothing in, in us has actually changed. We We still like the same kind of stuff and we are still... Uh, you know, same kind of guys, and uh, I think this this was important for me. It's uh, you know talking to different musicians and stuff, uh, and uh, especially talking to young musicians. They often uh, yeah. I I enjoy that, and they often ask questions like, "What do you think about when you when you're gonna form a band?" And I say, "Well, make sure that you you're you know exactly what the, that you want to play music because it's not gonna be something that." That that is gonna be um, uh, an easy thing, and uh, but if you really want it, it will be rewarding. If you don't really think, but you you just wanna think because it's cool, then then it's not gonna be worth it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, look at the team around you. Look at the bandmates. If uh, if the guys wanna be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys wanna be backstage then it's not going to be cool because yeah. then the guys is going to be wanting the wrong thing and uh, they they're going to find and everybody's going to discover down the road that it's it, it ain't going to be what they think it is going to be mm. that's a really important point you make there i remember reading a uh, interview with Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, of course, and mm. he was talking about his transition. I believe he's he's not drunk now in many years, decades potentially even now at this point being 2019, but uh, he used to talk about how much he used to look forward to the party that would happen backstage after the show, not necessarily the show. I'm paraphrasing him here, of course, but the shift for him came to just enjoying the show and that being the event, not what happened afterwards with the partying and the hanging out and all the carrying on and all the rest of it. And I think what you just said then, and it's really really an important point because I talk about this a lot of my podcast series, young musicians need the right sort of mentorship and guidance because being in a band is one of the hardest things you'll ever do, particularly if it's going to be successful to your point. And the fact that you guys are self-managed and you have been now for a long time, 
but you're also successful and you've been doing that and no doubt you're financially successful and you know where the money's going, coming in and when it's going out and the like. You're not relying on other people to make those things happen for you, but you literally have to do everything in a band, don't you? There's not any aspect of being in a band you can really outsource or, or allocate to somebody else because you can only really trust the people that are going to be there up on stage. Mm, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, in the end, we have to trust people. Sabaton today is a quite big uh, thing. You know, we, mm. we we have about 20 people employed around the band. But uh, being uh, uh, starting around uh, in the band, uh, you know, everything had to be done by us because we couldn't afford to hire anybody. But so then you have to learn everything from, you know, I, I guess in the beginning, uh, you, you take your guitar and... Uh, and you pack it in the back of a trunk and you go and play on the what kind of amplifiers they, they whatever mm-hmm. there is and and that was it but then eventually you have to learn how do we, how do we get a show how do we market ourselves and then this is kind of an education at that a later time it comes you have to understand like okay how do we make uh, make the economy go through and then uh, you, you also have to learn all kind of things and then growing up to the what sabaton is today when we are quite complicated when it comes to logistics you know we book a couple of thousands of flight tickets per year mm-hmm. and uh, and we are also transporting a lot of equipment through all kind of weird countries with rules and uh, regulations about what to bring and uh, sometimes it can be an interesting sometimes it can be complicated but uh, but it's uh, always fun to bring our production and you know declare somebody well we are bringing a tank into your country and they'd be like what <laughs> you you're, you're not saying that you're bringing a tank yeah and so in the in that track uh, in the tracks over there there's one tank and a lot of explosives and they'd mm. be like really <laughs> that's not going to enter this border. Yep. And then uh, then you have to explain to them, well, don't worry, it's not a real tank, it's a fake tank. And the best answer we ever got was, whoever needs a fake tank? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> You guys do, that's for sure. <laughs> You'll want to probably be yeah. serious it, it's, for a serious use for it. Still, you guys have got it. Yeah, it's still, uh, it's still is a heavy piece. I think it's 1.7 tons in total, the whole mm. thing. So... Um, to to get it into some of the stages, some of the places, it's a bit complicated, bit. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> bit it is, yeah. But it's yeah. it's exciting. I mean, uh, I always was very interested in doing um, like a big production and stuff. So this yeah definitely helps. Mm. I actually saw you guys at Download in Melbourne because I'm from uh, up here in Queensland. So I flew mm. down and I watched the show, and I thought you guys put on a, a really good show. But the one thing I noticed about it now, this is totally beyond your control, and I've always wanted to ask somebody that was on stage that day because you were on the red stage, so stage right, I think, right and saying next to the black mm-hmm. stage. Now, the sound on that stage wasn't that good. No, it's nothing to do with the musicians. You guys and Good Charlotte and all the other bands that appeared on that stage did your, your absolute best and put on a great show, but. When you're on stage, and I know this is probably a couple of you know shows back, more than a couple of shows back to say the least, but did you guys notice anything when you're on stage there that it sounded a bit different? Well, not really, and I uh, and I would say thank you for for saying that we put on a good show. I I, mm. I guess I was struggling quite hard, and the the download show was not really uh, super enjoying for me. I was suffering from salmonella that day. Oh shit! Uh, okay. So, <laughs> wow. Hope you didn't so get it in Australia. 
no, no, I, I got it on the way there. So yeah. um, don't worry. Um, but um, so actually, I <laughs> I didn't care about how <laughs> things sounded at that day. I cared just like, can I please get through this day? Because if there is something, you know, we we play a lot of shows and yeah. and I, I and uh, I I have so much fun on all of them. But there is one time, you know, when I really don't want to be on tour, and that is when you are sick yeah. because you feel that you are betraying the fans because you feel like I want to give so much more, but the body just doesn't doesn't allow you Can't. to do it. Yeah. And um, but it happens to everybody, no matter if you are in a touring band or if you are uh, going to school or if you if you have another job. At some point in your life, you get sick. We all do. And um, and the the thing is, we cannot call to to our manager and say uh, I'm staying home today because uh, I don't feel so well. Yeah. So that's not never gonna happen. So we just have to play with whatever circumstances uh, we have and whatever condition we are in uh, we, we try to take care as much as possible you know to not be in a in a bad situation but it happens and uh, mm. um, on, on tour living together so tightly if there is a flu outbreak you know we're like oops yeah, what can you do? I mean, it's uh, my wife's uh, half Filipino, so we go to the Philippines quite a bit. And whenever we go there, the kids get so sick, and they end up giving it to us. And yeah. it just—I know exactly what you're saying. You feel like death warmed up, but there's all these events that have been planned and things to do, and you've just got to go and do them. And you feel like shit, but you just go and do it because you feel like you've got your duty bound. And in your yeah. case, it's ex especially so. And, uh, I mean, we, we don't want to stand on the stage and say, sorry for tonight's uh, performance. Uh, today the guitar player will uh, will uh, not be so good because, uh, you know, he, he has a stomach flu. Uh, it's <laughs> not something just... that you say normally. You just go on and pretend nothing uh, and try to give the impression that, that everything is fine because hmm. you, you want the people to have fun, you know. But there has been those kind of things when, when when it was absolutely impossible. You know, we have been in such shapes when we didn't uh, even were able to stand on the stage. So one guy was maybe sitting down for a while yeah. because of exhaustion. You know, mm. but that's uh, we we still have to go through because show's got to go on. Yeah, yeah, especially you know if it's like this. Uh, uh, playing download in in Australia and it's a one-off chance to play in Australia. I mean, we are not cancelling that for for some some salmonella. <laughs> Indeed, we have hey, to, hey, we have to chop our arms off before we can. Then then perhaps we we might have trouble to play the shows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, better do a time check because I've typically only got about fifteen or twenty minutes here. So um, how are we going for time? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if we've got more time, I, I think I got... we're okay. I think we're okay for a little bit more. All right, sweet. Um, um, yeah, because I mean, you, you've got this album, okay? So you got. I've had a good listen to it actually, and and to be honest, the version that I prepare is uh, I prefer is the one with the narration on it, because it reminds yeah. me of War of the Worlds, which I loved. And, oh wow! Yeah, and and that's what that and that's the experience that I want the listener to the podcast series, that's the, that's the experience that I want them to approach this stuff with because Seller Darling, your label mates with Nuclear Blast, they did the same thing as well. And I prefer that version that Anna and, um, and Iva did uh, there as well. And 
you know, it, it sounds like you've really thought about this one. I mean, I know you guys, you guys are, are, you guys are one of those bands where it's all about the detail, but you've really stepped up the detail here. So I understand that the band's got a concept and all the rest of it, but the decision to go with the uh, the the narration, you know, that's a really good one. So can you tell me about what inspired the band to to release two versions of it? Yeah, I mean, uh, in 2008 album Art of War, we already had some narrations and uh, and an idea there to to do it. So I wanted to kind of flirt with the fans who who were into Sabaton already then and do something similar. But I also feel that uh, there are those people who don't like that because if you for um, belong to the to the people who just want a one or two or three or whatever songs from an album of a band and you want to put it into your favorite playlist and mix it up with other bands hmm. then uh, I, I think that you'd be very disturbed if there's a woman coming in and speaking in the middle of your party and um, and and ruining the mood of the rest of the playlist so then you just want to go with the standard edition and just have the action of the heavy metal songs but if you are a person who really enjoys to listen to an album, like an album is, uh, uh, well, used to be, meaning from start to end, then you really uh, get a, a little bit of a deeper uh, meaning when you when you enjoy the what we call the history edition with the narrations, and you get to a little bit more knowing the story behind it. Yeah. So uh, I, I often, uh, if I can, you know, suggest to somebody, I would of course suggest them to get the the narrated version of the album. Mm. Yeah, well, it's stunning, mate, and it's the sort of thing that I th- would play really well uh, over headphones as well. So it's an immersive experience with you guys. You, you guys are one of those bands where you can put it on in the car and you can turn it up loud, and it works just as well there as it does if you want to sit down in a darkened room with a joint or with some alcohol or whatever it is that you want to do and just listen to the music and let it take you away somewhere else. And, and that alludes to the production. So on this one here, mate, who did you work with? Who was the producer, or did you guys do most of this yourself? We we have a good idea of what we want with the album, but we we go to um, there is a, a studio which is not far away from our hometown in Sweden, and there there has been uh, the guy called Peter where we did a lot of our stuff in the past. But in the same building there is another guy called Jonas, who has been not really doing any, any album with Sabaton, but he's been doing like single tracks and live uh, stuff with us in the past. And it was actually because we put out a Manowar cover called Kingdom Come, uh, which nice. we yeah. put out a couple of years ago. And so many fans commented like, wow, it sounds awesome. And this was with Yunas. And we thought, okay, let's, uh, a lot of people like it. So let's give Yunas a chance to do the full album. And uh, now uh, us personally, I mean, if you ask me which one I prefer, I can't tell because I, I like both of them. It's a tiny, tiny differences or, or small differences in in how we work with both. But we we both like we like both guys, and they both sound great. So it's mm. more about let's see what the what the people say when it's out, and if people really don't put too much effort into that sounds better or this sounds better, then I guess we then it doesn't really matter that much, and we can just mm. switch to whoever we feel like in the future. Mm, yeah, and uh, and this is your first opportunity to collaborate, I believe. I could be wrong here, so tell me if that's the case. But with Tommy, Tommy O'Hanson, who who I rate mm-hmm. very highly because I think he's worked with Majestica, and I can't remember the name of the band that Majestica was called prior to become Majestica. But <laughs> above the skies, 
there you go, rain seed. Yeah, I know it had an X in it, but it's <laughs> yeah, so you, you read it as one thing, but you say it as something else. But the the album that he released, Above the Sky, uh, is pretty good too, actually. And uh, I had a chat to Chris, their bassist, and I'm a bassist too, like you are, and I was really impressed with the bass playing that he had on that album there too. But the mate, Tommy, though, I suppose I'll make my point here about Tommy. What's he brought to the band? Because he's, he's definitely very creative. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, Tommy. Tommy has been a fan of Sabaton for a very long time. The first picture of him and Sabaton is from 2005 when we played a show and he came to see it. Mm. And uh, he has done cover songs of Sabaton with his previous band, and um, he's a big fan of the band. And we knew that when he was joining the band, we knew that okay, we are not just getting a guitar player; we are getting a singer and songwriter as well. Mm. And uh, of course, we want him to contribute with uh, with that and. Uh, uh, one of the first songs written for the new album was written by him and our singer Joachim, and it's the tra- the track called uh, "Ghost in the Trenches." Okay. So, uh, so uh, Tommy definitely brings something to the band, and uh, not only that, he's a super nice guy, which we we which we like to have around us. But yeah, also musically, he adds to the band, and I'm sure that in the future it will develop even further. Mm, yeah, great, and also y- yourself and. Joachim, I hope I pronounced his first name there correctly. God, we, we here in Australia, <laughs> you know how it is with us and our, and our English backgrounds, mate. Uh, we often don't uh, read Swedish names as they're meant to be pronounced. But Joachim, is that how you pronounce his first name? Your singer? Joachim. Joachim. Yeah. There you go. Joachim. So you guys have been together pretty much since the very beginning, if I'm not mistaken. What's kept right. you guys from not murdering each other over that time? Because it's being a band, as we've alluded to, mate, it's not easy. And nine albums down, you've obviously got a very good partnership there. So what makes it it work? We also have, you know, we have our respective uh, sides of it. I mean, Joachim is more the person, main person behind the music. And I'm doing the, most of the management stuff. And uh, okay. so yeah. uh, we have a kind of a clear understanding with this and very supportive roles as well. So we both work very hard. We come from the same kind of growing up in, uh, in similar environments, similar families, similar values in life. So it's not really that difficult to, to move on with it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And, and, and when you first started out together, did you have any hint that you'd still be doing it in 2019? So 25 years later or however long it's been since you first started? I think it's, it's about right in saying you've been doing this for a quarter of a century together now. We, we've been doing it for 20 years. We've 20, been doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we, we could never know what the future has in store, but uh, we, of course, we, we started to, you know, we never had no, nobody, not just us, but I think every band, nobody would ever say, oh, let's just do this for three years and then we quit. Hmm. So you start a band with the intention that the band's going to be the biggest one in the whole world and you're going to do it until you die. So that's how we started the band and that's where we're going. Cool. All right. And, mate, one more question for you. You worked with Frederick Leclerc back in the day. I think he might have played one show with you and I've had a, I've had a couple of chats to him and, of course, he's got Sinsanum these days but he's still playing bass with Dragon Force. But uh, I've always thought that... You guys, uh, there, if there was ever an opportunity for you guys all to work together again, it would probably produce some pretty good stuff. So, do you think there's an opportunity that you guys would ever work together again on on a on a project outside of Sabaton? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Fred, Fred did a tour with us actually uh, some years oh, ago when go. when yeah. one one of our guitar players couldn't be there. So, um, and uh, we're good friends. But when it comes to doing something outside of Sabaton, I don't see that we have time for it. I mean, I work for the band. I, I I go up in the morning and then I go to bed, and in between I do Sabaton stuff for every minute of my waking hour. And even in, at night, I'm also Sabaton if if I'm sleeping i dream about it i guess <laughs> so there i wouldn't have time to do anything else and i have no wish to do anything else and within sabaton i can realize all the visions and ideas i ever had for a band so i'm i'm all happy with that so and there are so many different uh projects i have in store you know i already launched uh sabaton cruise sabaton radio sabaton history mm. channel sabaton festival and um and done a lot of other things uh, cooperations with different gaming companies or or other artists and stuff so i i've already done a lot of projects but there is so many more my my list of future things i want to do is not something i can do in the next you know five or six years either and uh, during those uh, five or six years i will come up with so many new stories and ideas as well so mm-hmm. um there is no no end to it i'm a, i'm a very uh I, wherever i look i get ideas so i i see a tree and i see uh, how how you can use it to to make something for the band or whatever and so wherever i look i see opportunities and uh as long as i have this kind of inspiration and driving force behind me i think i will continue to find new projects to do Mate, you're a very busy and ambitious fella. So good luck with everything. And, uh, you know, you're already very successful, mate. But I, I just think uh, you guys are just going to keep growing and being more successful, particularly in the United States. So, you know, congratulations on that success as well, because that's a bloody hard market to get into and be successful in. But uh, good luck with everything overall, mate. And this album's a cracking album, and I'm sure it'll do really well. Thank you very much. Pleasure, mate. No worries. Okay. Okay. Have All a good best. day. You too, man. No worries. Catch ya. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Pyrus Sundström from the Swedish outfit Sabaton. Thanks so much for listening.